0: Uh, Toby, two guys walk into a bar. The third guy ducks.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: that's perfect. That is perfect. <laughs> Okay, welcome to a very special episode of Battery Mates. It is, in fact, a special episode. We always say it is, but as you can tell from our opening jokes applied by none other than Jason Kander, uh, I was we. Say, have. not sound like you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have Jason Kander on the show it, it, it wasn't. We were thinking that he would just supply the opening joke But we got to talking a little bit more <laughs> And um, he had some interesting things to say So we, we threw it together uh, And that's coming up in a second But uh, just to introduce him um, uh, He is a giant Royals fan he is. But uh, in addition to that most important part of his uh, biography uh, He's also a former Secretary of State For the great state of Missouri Missouri uh, And was, in fact, the the first millennial in the country to be elected to statewide office. (laughs) Fact. (laughs) Uh, But also an army captain served in Afghanistan and is now the president of Let America Vote. Um, We were really grateful um, uh, for him to uh, take some time with us. Um, I think. Should we just go straight into it?
1: Yeah, I don't think we should waste anybody's time with our what's going time. on in our baseball lives. It was
2: it was a great conversation, and uh, we got started by asking Jason about uh, his Royals fandom. I'll be ready. Hey,
0: bring the cat. Yes. Oh. Yes. Great,
2: Jason. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Um, you are. By far and away, the uh, 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 the, the best known uh, politician to join us, the first statewide elected official on on Battery Mates, and we're we're really uh, we're really grateful for you taking the time.
0: Uh, you know, I'm I'm excited that this barrier is finally going to get broken. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, not the not the first millennial to be on on Battery Mates, but as I understand it, the first millennial elected statewide in America.
0: Uh, yeah, it's a, a, a distinction that comes with no special powers at all. But my parents, thought it was really cool.
2: <laughs> That's really great. Um, so uh, you, you can probably hear I'm uh, not originally from the States. And so I came to baseball um, late in life, um, uh, uh, early in my 30s. And so I don't really have a... Uh, a kind of a childhood memory of baseball. In fact, in England, I didn't even know what baseball was. So I love I love hearing about how uh, people grew up in, in baseball and how um, they became fans in the, f- the first place. You're obviously a huge Royals fan. Tell us how you came to baseball uh, early on.
0: Probably a lot like uh, a lot of guys uh, and gals, which is that, um, you know, somebody once said to me that one of the great things about baseball is it's a game that the only way you can practice is with another person. And, uh, you know, I mean, I guess you can hit the cage, but still somebody's gotta put the balls in the machine, right? So, so like, or quarters. But like, so my dad and I, you know, so like a lot of people, I mean, my dad was my coach. He was also, my brother was on my team. Um, so he was our coach. Uh, it's funny, my uh, brother and I are actually, um, I, I, I made a deal with my wife that I would not buy a new car this year so that I could put the money up to go to Fantasy Camp this January. So I'm going to Royals Fantasy Camp. My brother's going my dad keeps talking about maybe going and sitting out there and like (laughs) coaching our swing. Um, but anyway, so I, you know, I mean, that was it for me. Like it was growing up, uh, it it was something I did with my dad, you know, I mean, my dad threw his arm out, throwing me pop-ups. Um, and you know, I turned out to be at least, you know, through part of high school, a pretty decent center fielder because I had seen the ball go every dang direction. I mean, my dad must've thrown, I, like 100,000 pop-ups. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and then he he had bad knees and a bad back, but he would get down and he'd catch for me. And, you know, so um, that's how I came to it. And then uh, my dad loved the Royals. And, and actually my dad, I mean, he would just teach me so much about life from watching the Royals or from us going to baseball practice that I, I talk often about how, you know, George Brett, uh, just watching George Brett run out a grounder <laughs> Like a, like a one hopper to the pitcher, we would go to the game, that would happen and my dad would be like, watch how he runs to first. And, and, and Brett always talked about how he would play a game with himself. How much closer can I get to the bag this time before they throw me out? And, uh, and that has everything to do with like, who I am now in my professional life, I think. Like, that's where that started for me.
1: You, you were too young to probably fully appreciate the uh, 85 team, right, I, I'd imagine?
0: Well, yes, but um, so yeah. I mean, I, I only vaguely I remember my dad being really excited, and I have vague, um, you know, sort of like little spots of memory about watching little bits of the game. So I don't remember anything real. I was four, but uh, you know, the Royals then proceeded pretty soon after that to be really terrible for 29 years, right. <laughs> and uh, so what a lot of us did, or at least what I did, is you know, '85 had to last for that whole time. So, um, when I was like, by the time I was like eight years old, um, I would, I remember there was a place not too far from our house. It was a video rental place called video library and video library had, um, this giant, like it was this giant case and it was, and it was of a 30 minute VHS called thrill of it all. And it was narrated <laughs> by Denny Matthews, the Hall of Fame broadcaster. And it, it was a 30 minute thing about the 85 season. I would make my parent, we would rent that once a week and that lasted years and i would watch that like every, i was obsessed with it and uh i mean i could probably i could i could from memory at least take you scene for scene through the thing and uh and i mean and you know i also grown up i watched i've probably watched every game including commercials of the 85 series by this point six or seven times and uh and so anyway yes i was too young but i lived it later and to this day, my like when I go to work out, uh, you know, when I'm working out, my, my iPod uh, on my phone is nearly every song from the montages from the thrill of it all video. <laughs> so like, The kid is hot. My lover boy, like whoever uh, well, who's Esposito, who did like best of the best, yeah. <laughs> They're all, all mid 80s songs like, you know, the, the Brett Saberhagen montage and the George Brett montage anyway. So, yeah, I was too young, but then later, I just, like, I know everything about that dang team, because that's all we had until, <laughs> you know, until, like, 14, really. I mean, right. I started really, I started believing in this team again around uh, late 12, but yeah. And, and you were I the, you were. You were, than New York
1: <laughs> <laughs> you were already uh, elected Secretary of State when, when, when they went, really went into their two big postseason runs, correct? 2014, 2014.
0: Yeah, I got elected 2012, and then, um, yeah, I got elected in 2012, and so I was already like starting to talk about, you know, my wife had a rule uh, in the house, like a policy that no more than 25% of our conversations could be about the Royals' farm system.
1: <laughs> about the farm system?
0: About the farm, specifically. <laughs> okay,
1: but beyond that, it's, it's <laughs> talking about the current Royals' Ball
0: clubs. Okay. We spent the other seventy five percent of the time talking about the rotation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so those teams were really fun to, to watch and and root for as a as a you know I'm an Indians fan but in AL Central it was kind of like we were just proud that the mm-hmm. they were a fun team. Um, but you were Secretary of State and also like so how nervous do you get for playoff baseball? Uh,
0: oh, like I mean I'm. It's a lot of pressure man when what shirt you wear and like what socks you wear are going to determine what happens to the fandom of an entire town let alone no uh yeah I mean like I'm superstitious like a lot of people like I have a I have a Ken Brett jersey that I had made special cuz it's from the year I was born you know a lot of people don't know that George Brett's older brother has finished out his journeyman career with the Royals wow um and so I wear this jersey. This is K.brett, number twenty-five on the back, and it's like an 81 vintage. And people are like, man, that's the wrong number. I'm like, okay, well, you failed the <laughs> test. <you know? laughs> so yeah, like I wore that. I, I, I gave speeches in 15, like during the World Series, I would have a speech I had to give. And we'd I'd be sitting in the car, because it was um, you know, during the campaign. Right. And so I'd be sitting in the car, uh, like listening to as much of the game like during the playoffs as I could still get. And then I'd I'd roll out to give the speech and come back, but like wearing my Ken Brett jersey because like <laughs> I'm not tempting fate. I'm not taking this thing off. Um, yeah, I went. One of one of my top five best days of my life is I went to that 2014 A.O. Wild Card game. All right. Uh, one of the best baseball games I've ever played. I mean, particularly if you're a Royals fan. Uh, not so much if you're an A's fan. But <laughs> but like one of the best ball games I've ever played. I took my dad. Um, you know, who had gone through all these years of the Royals being terrible we had, and my brother. And anyway, um, you know, my dad, when my dad was like 12, the Kansas City A's left. Hmm. And my dad, like, never forgave Charlie Finley and the A's. So the idea that, like, the first postseason game I ever get to go to and I take him is against the A's and it ends that way. <laughs> I ran into Billy Bean in an airport once um, about a year after that. And we had a long conversation where we disagreed about. When they lost, the moment in which they lost that game, which I, by the way, brought him around to my opinion. <laughs> but, but at one point in it, I said, "Well, look, I don't know if it makes you feel any better, but uh, you know, I, I took my dad to that game, and it's one of the top five days of my life." And he and I have since emailed back and forth and become friendly. But at that moment, it was very funny because he goes, uh, "He goes, it makes me feel no better at all." <laughs> and he said, "I guess I'm glad you had a nice day with your dad." <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm picturing How does, ha- Brad Pitt pit right now. <laughs> <laughs> How does that day uh, rank with getting to throw a, a first pitch out?
0: Uh, Wildcard game is, man, throwing out the first pitch was pretty great. It's pretty awesome. Um, and I, you know, especially because like I, uh, you know, most people go like about halfway up between the mound and the, and so that's what they, I'm on my way up and they're like, okay, so you just go stand out there. And I had my brother with me. And he was gonna catch. Or he did catch, and uh, and I was like, "Well, I'm I'm going to the mound." Like I was a pitcher in high school. Like I thought, like, <laughs> I'm not gonna miss this opportunity. I also thought that it was all muscle memory. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you know, it was a fine throw, but it wasn't what I was trying to do. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, that was pretty good. But man, man when when Salvi hit that ball past Donaldson, you could feel like in the wildcard game, you could feel this collective. Uh, like, everybody breathing in and looking around as if as if we're, like, looking around for the yellow flag. Like, because because as a Royals fan, you're just like, there's, there's no way they're going to let this happen for us. <laughs> like, they being like, I don't know, the rest of baseball or whatever. <laughs> so just that incredible feeling. I have this great picture of me and my dad and my brother with rally caps on um, in in the, uh, I think, in the top of the 12th. and uh, And the guys behind us just look like, just hell, you know, because like, <laughs> he just, and uh, and so but we're all excited because like, we're optimistic. Anyway, it's a great photo. So no, I mean, the days that come before that are days like, um, you know, wedding day, my son being born, coming home from Afghanistan, that kind of thing. But it's <laughs> and it's, it's not that far behind. Him.
2: You, um you mentioned Afghanistan, Um, we we had uh, Brent Colburn, the former assistant uh, secretary, uh, the DOD, on a few weeks ago talking about um, uh, uh, how the uh, the military goes a long way to make sure that uh, fans are kept up to speed wherever they are in, in the world. Uh, one of the uh, photos I, I saw um, earlier is of you with a um, a member of the Afghan um, army wearing a, a Kansas City hat. Did you did you take a, a bunch of, of Royals hats with you to try and convert a few folks over there?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I took a few. Uh, you know, it's, it's valuable. And some of that stuff I had like my mom send over cause um, I was an intelligence officer. So it was always handy, you know, for, I was always building relationships and, and trying to build a, uh, you know, source relationships, build rapport, that kind of thing. And I did, I did anti-corruption work within the Afghan government, anti-espionage. So um, I needed a lot of government and non-government sources. Uh, so yeah, I mean, um, I would do that. I also, my mom would send me um, Gates barbecue sauce from Kansas city and I would give <laughs> folks that they love that. And I always joked, you know, because that was uh, 06, you know, so it was several years before the Royals got good again, several years. And and I would, I always, when I would look back at that photo forever, I would, I would wonder whether uh, old Colonel Shakur, whether or not he uh, like actually ever bothered to look it up and was like, what is this horrible team that that man (laughs) gave me this hat for? These, These guys. And then I, and then in my mind, like eventually he was like, oh, I see what he, I see, you know, that's what speed do or I don't, know. I don't think he ever caught on,
2: but it would be, be great to, to think of a, a small cluster of Royals fans cheering on during the, the world series.
0: Yeah. Like I'm <laughs> watching like armed forces network went onto the base or something. Uh,
2: we, uh, we, we are uh, mainly a baseball podcast, but we, we, we come out of politics. And so it'd be a miss for us to, to not um, mention politics at all. So I want to start off with Kurt Schilling. <laughs> future Senator uh-huh. of Massachusetts, I mean, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah future senator I mean the the thing for me about that is I mean obviously the guys uh, are nut and um uh, very very wrong about stuff but when you were arguing back and forward with him on Twitter did you ever sort of have a like an out-of-body experience what what the hell is going on I'm just having a big row with Kurt Schilling not even about baseball but about you know all these uh, it just it just must have been a weird experience
0: yeah it was completely weird man I mean like I, look as a as a as a pretty well as a, look as a, as a royals fan um as likable as for instance this current yankees team is i will never be able to bring myself to be for them right it's just part of being of a, a Royals fan and so as a result like during those years where the royals were terrible um you know come the postseason when it was when it was red sox and yankees like i was like hey, man, I think I'm on this train. And I remember watching him. I remember, you know, so yeah, that was pretty weird. Right. And, um, but what was actually from a Twitter perspective, pretty weird about it was, um, you know, he had seen me on Bill Maher and, uh, and, and he responded to a tweet. Like I didn't tweet about the guy. I didn't know Kurt Schilling had a Twitter account. And I'm not sure that I was fully aware that he had become like a Breitbart, uh, (laughs) I I didn't like. I was not aware that he had. I don't. I knew that he had been fired by ESPN for saying nutty stuff, but I didn't know he was like a compulsive, like hate tweeter. And and so somebody like tweeted something at me, and I just was like, they were like, great job on the show or something. I was like, thanks. And then all of a sudden, like he just starts tearing into me, and I had to. I saw the blue check mark that he was verified, and I had to go back and be like, this is not. (laughs) And I can't remember what my first. I finally he kept at it and I finally I think I responded something about, you know, the character clause for the Hall of Fame being a real drag. <laughs> right. And and but each time like I didn't start it and then like the next time a few months later, he uh he started something again with me. I don't remember what it was. Um and I let it go, let it go, let it go, and he just kept and then finally I just kinda I said something back and I would yeah, I acknowledge that like it's a pretty one sided thing every time to the point where if he does it again, I might ignore him because it just, it feels kind of unfair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah, yeah. It did wind up with a really disproportionate amount of followers after that who were baseball writers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, those flame walls are good for something. Uh-huh.
1: So you you are, um, I, 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 you know, you're running uh, the, the president of Let America Vote. Um, thought it might be good to get from your, uh, you know, right from your mouth. Uh, what, uh, like, why voting rights and why, uh, you know, what do you see as a victory in the short and long terms on that on that front?
0: So uh, voting rights, because when President Trump told the biggest lie that a sitting president has ever told, that three to five million illegal voters voted in the election, I, having been, when I was secretary of state in Missouri, I was the chief election official in a state Uh, With you know red state with a supermajority of Republicans, so I've seen the voter suppression playbook up close and step one in the voter suppression playbook is uh, undermine faith in American democracy and once they do that they create obstacles to voting and then once they do that they create obstacles to the obstacles so I saw pretty quick what was really going on and look I think that the for one thing, I just think it's flat out wrong to take people's vote away and to do it in a targeted way that's based on who they're likely to vote for, or in this case, the fact that they're not likely to vote for Republicans. Um, but furthermore, beyond that, no matter whether it's about that or not, um, it's 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 clearly the the centerpiece of Trump's re-election strategy. Right. His re-election strategy is make the laws in every single state look like the laws in Wisconsin, and if he can do that, he probably can't be beat. And and no matter what issue you care about, if you if you disagree with Trump on them, as I do, to me that makes this the most important fight. And and the Republicans have just have chosen to make this the fight to end all fights. They've decided that instead of trying to sell their policies to the people, their policies hurt or change their policies to include those folks, they're just going to exclude those people from our democracy.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a, a huge issue like you say if they if they if they get this stuff through we we can't win again and Wisconsin I think is a is such a, a powerful example of that um, given how tilted the the state is at the state house level and, and all the way through the uh, all the way through up so um, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about um, getting back to uh, baseball a, a little bit um I'm I'm obsessed with Donald Trump's obsession with pete rose and he's tweeted like maybe 25 times about pete rose deserving to be in the hall of fame
0: i didn't know that
2: Uh, yeah i don't know why i'd know that either but um (laughs) i just had too much time on my hands and was looking through donald trump's tweets Uh, where where do you stand on the on the on the pete rose issue
0: boy i think we may have found something he and i agree on (laughs) (laughs) that's bad together he also tweeted something about sharks once. He didn't like them, and I'm not big on sharks either. <laughs> uh, so that's a couple of things. But um, yeah, look, and you know, there was some development with Pete Rose. I remember God within the last two years. so I remember thinking maybe I'm not so pro him going. To, and I think it was just that he had continued to lie and lie and lie. But that said, I, I think look, baseball is a game where there's one thing at the center of the game of baseball. It's the hit. If there's nothing else, the hit is is the central thing in baseball. And, look, we got people uh, who are either in or likely to eventually be in or maybe they'll create a separate wing or whatever in the Hall of Fame um, who clearly did something to give themselves an advantage, uh, an unfair competitive advantage. Um, and the fact, you know, there's a – and I, I don't know fully where I stand on that, right? But – uh, but I know that the guy who, without without any performance enhancing anything, got more hits than anybody else, regardless of all the rest of his behavior, like it's not it's not like Pete Rose deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. It's more like the Hall of Fame feels a little incomplete without that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is how I feel about it.
1: Mm. Yeah, you can't really have the most hits of all time and not be in the Hall of Fame, right? That seems crazy,
0: right? Like it's like I mean I don't I can't. It's so. It is so plain that I cannot think of an analogy. <laughs> Whatever the analogy would be, the analogy would be, it'd be like having more hits than anybody else and not being... <laughs> <laughs> it's so point.
1: So, so the last section here uh, of our interviews, uh, we do a quick rapid fire, uh, mm-hmm. like four or five things rapid fire at you. You can answer these as Quickly as you'd like, you know, as, as, depending on how quickly you, you want to get back to your family. Um, you can also go on and on and on. It's all up to you. <laughs> so the first one, uh, we're going to cover some rule changes here. What, what's, your, what's your stance on the four-pitch, the free intentional walk, no no pitches?
0: Uh, I hate it. Uh, I'll, because, look, um, okay. yeah, okay, you got the thumbs up, thumbs up. <laughs> two, two reasons, two reasons. Number one. Um, it is, it is part of the game in the sense, and I'm not trying to be a purist, but it, it affects the game so the, the pitcher has to alter his motion in order to do it. Mm. Um, and you know, there's been plenty of times where, I mean, it, ha- I, it feels like when I watch baseball, like half the time when the pitcher has to throw four consecutive balls on purpose, intentionally, his, his next batter is a challenge. And as somebody who, I mean, I hate to be the guy who's like, as somebody who's a pitcher, I freaking pitched in high school, okay? I don't think that counts. But that even that tiny little amount, I, you know, changing your motion like that, four throws in a row, that would have screwed me up. Um, And uh, anyway, so I I think that that's one reason why it doesn't make sense. The other reason is every once in a while the pitcher gets the yips about it and throws the ball over and it it affects the game. It it happened – uh, during the, the Royals' run in 15, yeah. um, you know, to our advantage. And so um, I know – so those are my two reasons. And also because, honestly, it just doesn't take that long to throw yeah. four pitches outside the box. Um, yeah. I don't think – they say it's about pace of play. I think it's because um, they think people change the channel for a minute and don't come back. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but whatever. I, I'm, I'm against it.
2: I, I I the Nationals have been on the receiving end of of that going the, of the pitch again the yips and I'm still against the 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 free walk. The next one up here is um uh for or against the uh replay.
0: Uh I'm for it um which is probably hypocritical for a guy who who was in love with the Royals victory in the 85 series you know given the Don Denkinger and all that. Um but I don't know I'm for it. I mean obviously like watching the game it takes a little bit of the drama and exc- it takes it adds drama. It takes excitement out of it because you know there's that great thing where like they call them safe game over. Like that's a great thing, you know, the last scene of Major League, right? Like you, <laughs> it would be different, um, but <laughs> uh, you know, but being it right matters, and um, and I and I think uh, I don't know. I, I think they're getting better and better at it, and, and there's nothing more frustrating than you know when you're watching as a fan and you know that they got it wrong and it affected the outcome. And I'm sure it's pretty frustrating as, as a player too.
1: Yeah. That one perfect game that got broken up at the Tigers. Perfect game. That that's a perfect example.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, what was that kid's name? I remember the, Angel Hernandez. Yeah. Uh, isn't that. No weird. I think I remember the umpire. No, it wasn't Hernandez. It was, um, he's the one who's always bad. <laughs> that's why I'm thinking, <laughs> uh, uh, I can picture the guy. I can,
1: yeah, I can picture Jim Joyce. It. Jim Joyce. Yep.
0: That's right. Yeah, Joyce. Yeah. Yeah. anyway,
2: the, the brash right. guy coming in with the knowledge. Yeah,
0: that's pretty impressive. <laughs> impressive. Person. Yeah. I mean, that's impressive. Um,
1: how, this is the big one for us. We have a, a dispute here in Battery Mates among hosts. The designated hitter.
0: Oh, okay. Rule. This is going to be then because ALNL. Yeah. I get it. yeah. The designated hitter rule. Yep. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, here's how I view it uh, designated hitter rule, clearly not good for baseball. Disney hit a hitter rule is why George Brett played a few extra years. Uh, we should never get rid of it in the name American. <laughs> <laughs> that's real simple. It's funny, you know, um, go back to politics for a second. I routinely use the designate a hitter rule, and still do, as uh, an apt analogy whenever – so I – in Missouri, I, I, I dedicated a lot of my time in Missouri politics when I was in the State House and a Secretary of State – to um, trying to get comprehensive campaign reform passed, including contribution limits, and of course, what the Republicans would always argue is um, because I, I didn't get very many, but I would get occasionally um, contributions that were above like the twenty five hundred dollar limit that I was advocating for, um, and then they would of course try to cry hypocrisy, right? And you know, and I, I would always say, like, look, you you play within the rules as you find them. It doesn't mean you don't work to change the rules, and I and I would frequently use the analogy. I would say. Um, I don't think the designated hitter rule has been good for baseball. but That doesn't mean I think the Royals should put a bat in the hand of their pitcher every night. <laughs> uh, but that said, the analogy is not exactly perfect because I don't want the designated hitter to go away uh, in the American League. Um, but I do – I will acknowledge that um, if I'm just going to watch a straight-up game where I don't have uh, an allegiance to either team, uh, I, will, I do prefer the National League game. It's, mm-hmm. it's more fun to watch. The strategy just more interesting.
2: Um, so we last few are on um, your 2017 uh, uh, postseason predictions. Um, who, who have you got down for MVPs?
0: Oh, you know, it's funny. Um, God, this is just like the one season where I didn't – I usually write all this down at the beginning of the season. So for MVPs, I mean, you got these kids like – well, people are starting to talk about Ramirez. Um, and then, no, who is it Yeah, for the Indians? Yeah, Ramirez Ramirez, Ramirez. starting to talk about, and and I really started to think. I started to side with him the other night when uh, the people who were saying that when they were the game where they extended the streak for the the last time um, against the Royals. (laughs) Of course, I was watching, and in the in the tenth, I think it was, Ramirez had that hustle double. where he stretched the into a double, and I was watching that, and I had two thoughts. I thought, yeah, that's an MVP, and my second thought was. (laughs) It. these guys are about to beat us but man they are earning it like i i was and and you know that was like we were still like we're technically still in it right now but we were much more technically still in it at that moment and as crestfallen as i was about that i was like god those guys are earning every every one of these um god in the national league i don't know that i've thought about it like who are the i guess it'd be what people are talking about people like even Bellinger and folks like that. Yeah, but, I don't.
1: Matthew, who's yeah. the who's supposed to be the MVP? Well, now? I mean, Stan, Stanton.
2: Stanton's up there, but I'm making yeah, the do, case for Anthony Rendon.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. Stanton's gonna come close to actually breaking the real. I don't want to be the guy who says the real record. <laughs> <laughs> and he may do it.
2: Yeah, it's it's hard to argue against the guy that's uh, got 61 uh, uh, home runs in a year. But Rendon's and, having a, a, an
0: outstanding yeah. season. And I haven't even thought about. I don't even know who's hitting behind Stanton. Has he got anybody? Is
1: it Ozuna? I don't know who's behind him in the order.
0: The fact that we can't name it is, I think, <laughs> the best argument for the fact that what he's doing is kind of crazy. Yeah, and he plays pretty good defense too.
2: Yeah, he does. Yeah, and he's—he's—I mean, he's great to watch. Toby and I were in uh, Miami for a game uh, recently, and I, I just—I like the Marlins. I think they're underperforming, and I think they're um, a team to watch in the next few years.
1: So what do you think about the uh who's gonna win the American League who's win the national league and then World Series prediction from Jason Cander?
0: ah uh, okay um well you know obviously a few weeks ago I would have said uh, it'd be astros and and Dodgers um, you know it's funny the other night I said uh, I, I tweeted that because um, i i was I was pulling for the Indians uh, last year for the same reason probably that you were you know. Uh, to be pulling for the um
2: yeah. for the Royals
0: said um you know ale central so, for me it's always small market solidarity uh but and sports is all about stories, and people have been pointing out to me that how do you not pull for the Houston team yeah uh, right you know, this year so I, I'd be good with either of those. I think both teams are awesome to watch i i I remember <laughs> started really paying a lot of attention to the Astros when they were. Um, in our way for the Royals, but boy, they, they scared me more than anybody because they looked like they were just a younger version of our team. And now that's what they look like. They look a lot like the 15, 14 Royals. Um, So I think, I mean, you got to pick the Indians to, to win the pennant. I mean, that's I think pretty clear to me. And then uh, on the national league side, man, I think that the nationals have, I mean, God, this seems, this seems like I'm pandering (laughs) to you guys. (laughs) We're fine with
1: that. We're fine with that. It just
0: it occurred to me halfway through saying this. Um, I have been thinking for the last several years that it, each year was the Nationals' year, um, and with the Dodgers fading the way they are, um, and I, I assume they'll figure it back out. I watched a, I saw a clip that I thought was funny of Magic Johnson talking about it, where he was like, "I mean, we were playing some great basketball." <laughs> you know, like baseball, he's like, "Yeah," uh, <laughs> but he was talking to Max Kellerman, I think, Max. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think good chance it's um, nationals and Indians. Um, no, I would pull for the I'd pull for the Indians, but I don't know who would win. Yep. Well, I, Actually, I'm the same. same. It, would,
2: it would be great for this show if it was the Indians and the Nationals, but um, fortunately I don't think the Nationals are ever going to get past the NLDS.
1: Well, it's in your bylaws; you're not allowed to get out of the NLDS, right?
2: Yeah. Unfortunately, that is the case. We're kind of locked in. Well, it's all written
0: in the <laughs> Canadian originally that's the problem uh well i don't really know baseball to get that joke really. <laughs> that one
2: was a bit beyond me i'll look it up
0: <laughs> you're a nationals fan. you'll get yeah, it yeah
2: I, I, it. <laughs> well picking the indians and the um, and yeah, the nationals all, is a, i want
0: to is be a... clear i understand that canadian is not a language like for any of you <laughs> i don't want people to listen to this and be like it's canadian as a language there's yeah. a joke about the montreal expos and
2: anyway. oh. i um i I, uh, I recently told a friend i'm moving to london in january and i, I recently told a friend and uh, and she said uh, well at least you'll be close to that really uh, hunky prime minister oh no well, wow yeah i don't think that theresa may has ever been called that before but oh, okay thanks yeah <laughs>
0: thanks for the good Please wishes that friend of Globe.
2: Uh, I was saying picking uh, the Indians and the Nationals is a great way to um, end the interview appreciate the time and uh, you've been really generous so uh, thanks very much for joining us
0: this was fun thanks y'all
2: Okay, that was great. I just want to um, start off our our post-interview bit by clearing (laughs) something up at the end there. Um, Jason made a a joke about being written in Canadian. I pretended that I had heard his joke, um, and then uh, when he challenged me for not laughing, I didn't (laughs) know what to say next. And I just want to clear up for the record. I do, in fact, know that the Washington Nationals (laughs) team were previously based in Montreal. I just felt too goofy to clear that up at the time
1: <laughs> you know what episode is going well when two people have to explain what's just happened <laughs> <laughs> that,
2: oh. was, that was that was not my uh, finest interviewing moment but still a great interview we're professional overall apart from my one error on the play uh, a great interview
1: yeah we're not prof- we're not professionals actually <laughs> we-
2: <laughs> no, we're actually genuinely not professionals um at, at this or anything else that we do in our lives <laughs> Um, but before we, before we dig in and go around the horn on, on that interview and, and what else has been going on in, in baseball, should we get a word from our sponsor?
1: Let's do it. This episode of Battery Mates is brought to you by The Gap. Doris and Don Fisher opened the first Gap store in 1969 with a simple idea to make it easier to find a pair of jeans and a commitment to do more. Specifically, we aim to provide paid placement wardrobe on hit 90s sitcoms and make millions of people wear shirts with our name on it. After achieving that lifelong mission, we suddenly changed our logo one day in 2010. And even though we quickly reversed course, the hellscape that was unleashed in that moment will never be unborn. The Gap. We have it on good information that Courtney Cox still wears our clothes. All right. Well. Uh. Always nice to have a. You know, I actually live in above a, a, a Gap. The Gap Outlet.
2: Yeah. No, you don't live above the Gap Outlet. Don't lie you live in the gap outlet you hide in amongst clothes until the store has closed and then you go and make a bed out of various (laughs) t-shirts snuggle up go to sleep wash in the bathroom before the store opens in the morning put all of the shirts back so if you if you in fact shop at the gap in wherever you live in chicago logan square you have probably bought a shirt that toby has slept on
1: i mean that's true at all gap outlets actually i just uh (laughs) I don't who needs Airbnb when you got the gap. Outlet.
2: Air Air Speaking
1: <laughs> oh <God. laughs> no, of Is that joke. a dad joke? Yeah. Is that, a
2: dad, joke?
1: It's a, dad Is that joke. a dad
2: joke? Stand by for more analysis on what constitutes a dad joke. Um uh, we should say thank you very much to uh Jason Kandor for supplying the the opening joke. Uh, for today's episode, I didn't have anything. I mean, he, we didn't set this up at all. Uh, I just said to him, I'm really stumped. Can you help me out here? And he was like, got it. So it was great. I really appreciate it. But I'll have some more jokes the, uh, for the next episode. So should we go around the horn? Yeah, let's
1: go around the horn. Starting the timer, I'll go first. Um, I just want to say that uh, Jason Kander's answer on the DH question, we talked a lot about having a Bench is Clear uh, episode where we actually dig out all the evidence on, and maybe we will eventually do that because um, it would just be fun to do that. Um, but that answer was pretty perfect. Um, I think everybody kind of, sort of likes watching uh, nationally teams flail to, uh, you know, figure out what to do with their pitchers batting and figure out what to do, you know, later in the game, uh, double switches and whatnot. That's what it's very—it's a fun element to the game uh me mad in the playoffs when in you know the three times we've been in the world series and we have to play by national league rules and it matters and our managers don't know what the hell they're doing but great great answer and uh, honestly uh you know you can tell he's got a little bit of is he a politician has he been have he, has he ever been an elected official? I, don't, I don't know
2: he should run for office if not because that, that answer had something for everyone without sounding like he was trying to be on both sides of the argument <laughs> We <laughs>
1: forget <laughs> about the old car horn um
2: stop. okay the second second one i want to talk about his um uh his his beef with with kurt Schilling. the the thing that i i'd forgotten about that um that spat was that kurt Schilling started it i oh, totally yeah. forgot that kurt Schilling was just meandering around the internet trying to look for progressives to to argue with but the um without getting all boring and like um twenty twenty stuff the thing i the thing I really love about that is not only did he um win the argument and uh uh best a reactionary nasty nut job um Kurt Schilling but this guy can use the internet i mean i you know I joked earlier about him being internet famous um it, it's not a, it's not a, a put on it's not a kind of you know he hasn't got a, a whole team of, of Twitterers or it doesn't seem like he does anyway. Um, that, that, those, he, he has some good lines and he he, he does some some good tweeting and um, you don't get that a ton from politicians maybe it is the the first millennial thing like he knows his stuff and uh, that was pretty cool. yeah if you
1: haven't you haven't yet watched or gone and look at looked at the, that back and forth on Twitter. It's worth a it's worth a, a, a look. Uh, we'll we'll put it in the show notes, uh, but definitely <laughs> definitely worth a read. Um, I, I you know this is not totally related to um, uh, the, our interview with Jason Kander, but he did uh, allude to it. Um, I just you know the last time we were talking, the Cleveland baseball club was on a pretty historic streak, um, and it. <laughs> It it went on for another week. (laughs) It went on for another five days. Uh, We won 22 games in a row. Uh, I think, you know, regardless of whether you think that the Giants, the New York Giants 26 game unbeaten streak is the same as what what we did. Um, Not real. Regardless of that, it was still a historic uh, situation here that Cleveland was doing. And and also, um, you know, even if you count the Giants. It's the first time it's happened in over a hundred years. So it's one of those things. that's so rare in baseball that uh, it has to be appreciated. But I, it's hard. I, I'm trying my best to be reflective on that and and actually like have enjoyed that moment um, because with October so close, it's kind of hard to, um, you know, have that. It's it's it, it, it's going to be incredibly satisfying uh, to look back on. But I, it's, it's not it's not what I it's not my goal right now. So.
2: I just I know we've gone over the minute, but I just want to relate to um, Patrimates Nation. The night that that the Indians ended their streak, I was texting with with Toby and uh, uh, he took the stance. I'm just going to read these tweets out at texts. uh, (laughs) I was actually ready for this to be over. I didn't want them to lose, but they needed to rest and play some kids. It was too much intensity. Let's give some play, some people some days off. I don't have to care so much for two weeks. It's going to be nice.
1: <laughs> that is like the the keep reading. You you read what you said and then I
2: <laughs> didn't. Uh, do- I, no, I don't yeah. want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is that was the most half-hearted attempt at saying you were happy for your team to end their historic winning streak. <laughs> it was. It was. Well, I, uh, yeah, you know, honestly, I, go. I was
1: Ma- going to the game the next day. I didn't want the pressure of having, <laughs> having to experience it live.
2: I, did, I replied, it must have been so tough. Your diamond shoes are feeling a bit tight around the toes and you've had too much caviar for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I overran. The, the last one I want to end on is um, not so much uh, to talk about the um, what we covered in the interview because we already covered that. But I think... You know the nationals are not going to get past the nlds i think that the indians have used up um all of their wins um uh, and so this isn't going to happen but what are we going to do if it is an indians nationals world series how are we going to how are we going to record battery mates during that during that week
1: i don't know i mean thank god there's not a a presidential campaign going on
2: (laughs) but we could we could just do two separate distinct battery mates um, I, I could do a, a podcast with Steve Cooper and you can do a, a podcast with Justin Barasky huh and we'll just have a separate Nationals and Indians battery <laughs> mates It'd be a schism
1: <laughs> that we never recover from um, <laughs> no I, I don't know um, I, I think planning for it is probably the one way to ensure it never happens um, so <laughs> well, it's not gonna
2: happen because the Nationals aren't getting out the NLDS that's yeah. just a fact and Cleveland that's just
1: Cleveland may not win another game
2: no I'd be <laughs> <Okay>. very surprised <laughs> All right. (laughs) Good, good, good show.
1: Yeah, that was great. Um, We did, you know, a little bit. uh, I think this was probably our, you know, my favorite interview we've done in a while. Um, We haven't done a lot of interviews in a while, but uh, (laughs) regardless, a great interview. And, uh, you know, I think that we really um, I I meant what I said when I I said that. uh, No, fuck, I didn't say that on the air. Shit. Yes, I was rooting for the Royals. I really, I really was. Um, I got to watch some Indians Royals games this weekend with a, a Royals fan and mates listener Pete. If you're out there, um, yeah. So I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'd love, to, love to see this team they kept together uh, make one more go at it. Doesn't look, doesn't look good right now, but uh, anything can happen, as Cleveland just proved. Anything can happen.
2: Yeah, so. I mean, more than anything else, we do this podcast because we enjoy talking to each other, as people can tell from listening to us we don't really care that much about um um whether we're entertaining or interesting Uh, i just really enjoyed that conversation that was just a a fun a fun chat with um with a with a with a you know interesting fun baseball fan so that's what we're here for that's the ball game
1: (laughs) i knew i was gonna make you do it i was gonna make you do it Uh, thanks for listening everybody
0: I think I have a wrong understanding of a dad joke. Uh, So so I have this thing I I constantly say, which is that, uh, so I'm told this is a terrible dad joke and I do it all the time, which is whenever I talk about the fact that I have a fear of heights and somebody asks me like, like how bad I always say, uh, well, I don't even like being this tall. Uh, and, uh, (laughs) And my wife tells me that's a terrible dad joke. What's really funny is, um, I, I told my wife, I was like, do I tell dad jokes? Do I need a dad joke for this? Because I I knew that was part of this. And my wife goes, yeah, you only tell dad jokes. (laughs) And I was like, well, like, which ones? And she goes, open up Twitter and scroll down, because that's all your tweets. (laughs) Um, And and then the other one I thought was, you know, I don't know if it's a dad joke. You can tell it like a joke. But, like, I inherited a dad joke from my dad which is there was a kid who lived down the street who's still a real good friend of mine who his dad was Pete and he was Pete and my dad named him repeat. And to this day we all call him repeat (laughs) (laughs) anyway, but I can, uh,
2: the one one I was going to open The one I was going to open tonight's show. If, uh, if you weren't game was um, uh, how many tickles does it take to make an octopus laugh? Tentacles.
0: Uh-huh, that's pretty bad. <laughs> okay, yeah, I got one. Okay. I actually do all the. Okay. Uh, okay, but see here again, it's just me <laughs> saying a thing. There's no back and forth. That's for fine. There's wrong. never a back. I, I
1: never say anything anyway. So. Uh,
0: okay. Uh, Toby, two guys walk into a bar, the third guy ducks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's perfect. That is perfect.
0: There you go. Use all that other crap if you want to. Yeah. We, we'll,
2: we'll save. We'll save the other stuff for uh, uh, outtakes, end of season outtakes. Fair enough. H- how to make a dad joke?
0: Yeah. Well, how to not understand what the hell a dad joke? Well, is. I think
1: you're actually your understanding of dad joke might be the traditional. I think we might we might be wrong about What a dad joke is. We're just telling it's straight bad bad jokes, is what we're doing. Yeah, yours
0: is just like a joke for kids. I think. Which, yeah. Which is technically dad joke like yours, what well, yours are really are clean jokes yeah well cool
1: thanks Thank, y'all thanks uh, so much
0: it. Man. Good luck to the royals uh, <laughs> yes that's
1: nice of you uh, <laughs>